The Lord be with you. And with your spirit. A reading from the Holy Gospel according to Matthew. Glory to you, O Lord. You are the salt of the earth. But if salt loses its taste, with what can it be seasoned? It is no longer good for anything but to be thrown out and trampled underfoot. You are the light of the world. A city set on a mountain cannot be hidden nor do they light a lamp, and then put it under a bushel basket. It is set upon a lampstand where it gives light to all in the house. Just so your light must shine before others, that they may see your good deeds and glorify your heavenly Father. The Gospel of the Lord. Praise to you, Lord Jesus Christ. You are the light of the world, we hear today in the Gospel of St. Matthew. We can be assured that this is something that St. Dominic himself frequently meditated upon. In those days, people did not have a Bible. They had to choose. And when he was traveling, it was known that St. Dominic would carry the letters of St. Paul, and especially the Gospel of Matthew. And it was the vision and the teachings of the Lord in the Gospel of St. Matthew that gave St. Dominic his perspective, his way of following Christ. And we acknowledge St. Dominic as a light. In fact, the opening prayer talks, speaks about how he illumines the church. In our prayer, after our intercessions today, we'll say a prayer together that the Dominicans pray almost every day of the year, O light of the church, O teacher of truth. Dominic is a light, but we have to remember how, in the context, relating it to St. John's Gospel. When St. John speaks of John the Evangelist, or excuse me, when John the Evangelist speaks of John the Baptist, he says, John himself was not the light, but testified to the light. And so it is here in the Gospel of Matthew that we, the disciple of Christ, and indeed St. Dominic is the lantern, is the lamp, is the torch that illumines the church with the very light of Christ. Now, when we consider a saint, often we consider that biography of the saint, and I hope over the years that at least many of us have heard pieces of the story of St. Dominic. We hear about him frequently, but just in a few sentences, who is St. Dominic again? St. Dominic founded the Order of Preachers 800 years ago. He was born in Northeast Spain, 
uh, in a small town. He entered another local town, a community of priests and brothers that served in the cathedral in Osma. And so they lived a religious life, and it was one of study and prayer and of service to the local people. St. Dominic one day goes on an apostolic journey, well, really a, a diplomatic journey, to arrange with the bishop that they went up to, or going to Scandinavia to reign a marriage between different parties. And it was a work of mercy in those days, too, because it would bring peace and concord in Europe. On the way, they encounter in southern France people in darkness, people impoverished, both in their ideas, because they believed in, in two gods, one good, one bad, one who the good one creating the, the spiritual world and the bad creating the, the evil. But ideas are actualized in the way ones live. And so that darkness of, of, their, of their way of thought manifests itself in society. And they were moved in compassion for their wrong ideas, but especially the, their, the poverty that the people of Southern France were immersed in. And they wanted to stay. Well, Bishop Diego had to go back to, to Spain but St. Dominic stayed and organized that a band of preachers that would teach in a poor way, like the poor Christ that he read about in the Gospel of Matthew, the Gospel truth. Embracing a way of poverty, that is voluntary, voluntary poverty, to give a good example to those who were poor themselves so that they might bring forth in an uninhibited way the light of Christ into the place that they were preaching. So that's St. Dominic, but when we consider a saint, we can't always consider just his biography. There's always more. Who is this person? Who is St. Dominic? Now, he's a contemporary with St. Francis, and we know a bit more about St. Francis, or we like to think we do. But St. Francis, what, is, what do we see? We know him for. He is embracing also voluntary poverty, a simple way of life, of having nothing to follow Christ. And that is a great witness in itself, that way of life. And he brings forth in such an amazing way the light of Christ. And even then in his own flesh bearing the stigmata. So St. Francis is important that we understand uh, this con his contemporary, uh, St. Dominic, as well. The two come together. The two are so essential in the church. And sometimes we forget their place in the church in that 800 years ago, in just seeking to do the will of God, in building up the church, uh, first, literally, at San Damiano with, uh, with St. Francis, but then the both of them preaching and, and, and living then a gospel-centered life, they bring the light of Christ into their times. And they, these orders, set the world on fire with then their preaching and their witness to Christ. So what about St. Dominic? St. Dominic is not as well-known, but for us who follow St. Dominic, in its various branches of the order, the friars, the cloistered nuns, the active sisters, are, are the numbers of laity who are attached to our order, as well as you and our friends and, and, and parishioners. All of those, or those in the confraternities too, in the rosary confraternity, angelic warfare, this huge family. Uh, and what inspires then the order to continue after more than 800 years? It's not simply an idea. For us who then follow a Dominican way of life, it is the man, St. Dominic, who inspires us to seek Christ and to follow Christ. One of my tasks, in fact, it might be my main task, 
as the prior, as the superior of our priory or, or convent, if you will, is to form the brothers in a spiritual way, including the novices, even though I'm not the novice master. And it's no easy task, but we spend speaking about the spirituality of St. Dominic himself one whole year. And really, there's courses in Rome on this, too. The Dominican spirituality, there's much to say. But just to focus on one part, or just a few little parts of who is St. Dominic. St. Dominic is, inspires us because he's a man of profound love and of prayer. And he's, an, he's not only important in his time, but he's, I, think he's, I think he's important for our times. If you know anything about religious orders, often we put them in these two boxes, right? Is that the, the contemplatives, those who pray and intercede for the world, they seek God alone, mindful of us and our needs. And the active groups, the ones who teach, the ones who serve the poor, the one who works in hospitals, or even like, like us, the ones who, who preach the gospel, work with the people. But the Dominicans, in all of our branches, never, we don't regard ourselves in this manner. Father Michael, who's still in Mexico, the general chapter, and myself, or were formed under the previous novice master years ago now, Father Vincent Serpa, and he used to tell us about St. Dominic as the contemplative preacher. And indeed, in the times that the, the Dominicans as well as the Franciscans were founded, we had to defend our way of life because we didn't fit into a box. We were neither contemplatives in the mountains, nor were we just simply active. We tried to do both, and we still try to do both. We regard ourselves as a mixed order, both contemplative and active. St. Thomas Aquinas and St. Bonaventure, the Franciscan Cardinal, writes much on this in the 13th century. The idea in defending this way of life is we can hold these two tensions. And where do we get this idea? But with St. Dominic himself looking at Christ in the Gospel of Matthew, we, uh, St. Dominic and the early writers of the order, were fascinated by the prayer of Jesus, the prayer of Christ, who would go up on the mountain, seek the Father and pray, and then, and then when the apostles would come a little bit apologetic and say, they're looking for you, the Lord would get up and respond and say, yes, this is why I have come. So this tension, if you will, this, but this connection that Christ helps make sense for us is how we live our life of seeking contemplation, to seek God in prayer and study, and yet to do the work that God has tasked us to do in the world. This is what St. Dominic how he lived, this is how he inspired us, and this, I think, is very important for us in our contemporary age. Well, often we look at very good spiritualities, and some of us by nature are more contemplative, and some of us want to serve others, and this is our way of loving God, too. And both are necessary, and both are good. But often in our lives, you know, we say, we're so busy, I want to pray more, I want to study the faith more. And we're looking forward to someday, you know, when it comes. You know, looking forward to our retirement, or when the children are grown up, or when, when work gets a little bit less hectic. And you know that day never comes. It never comes. And St. Dominic shows us a way that we can now, in the midst of our work, which is God-given. Let us not forget, we talk about vocation, all of our vocations for a reason. That God has charged us with what we're doing. Yes, as priests, but as parents and as, as where you work and whatever it is that the Lord is calling you to be in the midst of your family and friends, the Lord has called you to be there and to be a light, a salt, a leaven in that place. And in the midst of that work, 
we are also to carve out times in prayer. So how did St. Dominic pray? St. Dominic then, if I might sum it up, he was a man that centered his prayer on God, humbly seeking his assistance, formed especially in the prayer of the liturgy, that is the Mass and the Divine Office, which would put him and guide him into his private meditation, and then in there, interceding for the world and, and, with, and working then to pray always. And so just briefly to touch upon these five points, then St. Dominic's prayer, number one, was centered on God. Now this might seem obvious, but you know, this is where preaching begins for us. This is where the preaching here at this ambo or your witness to Christ and world begins in prayer. If we're gonna be a light, we have to fill this lamp with oil. We have to discover the light of Christ. So St. Dominic's prayer was a humble prayer that would seek then, and an honest prayer that would seek God, seek him in, 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 in study of scripture, in sacred study, but most especially in prayer, seeking God. He was known to always visit places of prayer and the tombs of the saints on his way, um, traveling between cities, and he would then seek God. We look at, for example, this behind the altar, the Reredos, is a, a relief based on the paintings, the frescoes of Fra Angelico. And every time, we, most often, we see those, those frescoes, especially the ones based on the ways the nine ways of prayer of St. Dominic. St. Dominic is always looking towards the cross. In this painting also from Angelico over here on the side of, of the altar, we see him study, seeking God always. So he begins there because the Lord is the beginning, the continuation, and the end of all things, spiritual and the works we do on the world. And so, if again, if we're going to be the light in the world, we must seek the light of Christ first. St. Dominic, in his times, and it's lasted for 800 years, the Dominicans take our liturgy, that is worship, public worship, our mass, and our divine office, which we gather here in these stalls to sing several times a day, chant the psalms, and pray, and intercede for the world. This was where the first place that St. Dominic would find that light. So this is the second way of prayer, this liturgical prayer of praying the Mass and the Divine Office and are seeing for the world of the voice of the Church, knowing that before a prayer can be private, it must be public, because then it's the relationship between God and His holy people. But at the same time, and I know many of you discovered this as well, the liturgy, that is the Mass and the Divine Office, teach us so much. The voice of God is present. How often have you said, wow, that Gospel is directed right at me, or these prayers are very moving and so saint dominic knew this too and he would take this is then where he'd lead us into his his next point of prayer of the private prayer and the meditation that he would have we're interesting in in our order sometimes you know people wonder what's our way of prayer we don't have a method the dominicans actually you know you just look at methods there's saint francis of sales um, and the carmelites and definitely saying say Ignatius in the, in the exercises that he wrote, there's a way, there's a structure that we build on and, and to, to pray and seek God. We don't have that. It was a simple way. It's a very simple thing what St. Dominic used to do. He would listen then and watch himself for what struck him. What was the word that 
that interested him or struck his heart in the Mass or the Divine Office, and he would take that back to his private prayer, and he would consider that. If he was outside and there wasn't anything he would consider in the scriptures or in the spiritual reading he had, he would look and say, wow, this is really something where the Lord is speaking here, the Lord is speaking to me in a gentle way. And he would bring that and then spend time with it and meditate, prolonging a conversation with God in this way where God began the conversation in him. So this private way of prayer, this was his form of meditation. It's interesting in the Dominican order, you know, a lot of, uh, in recent centuries, especially the last 150 years, there's something been very popularized, which is great, the holy hour, an hour. Now, some of us, oh, I love my holy hour. And some of us are thinking, oh, my gosh, when do I have an hour? St. Dominic actually recommended his friars pray in 30-minute chunks, and especially smaller ones if need be. We can't let the ideal defeat the good. So we have to then pray when possible. And sometimes when we have just a minute or we're waiting for somebody, that might be a time for prayer. His next way of, of prayer for us is then his effort to pray constantly. That yes, he would pray when he could. He especially pray at night. And he prayed a lot, but he uh, telling his followers, yes, 30 minutes might be the best for you know, 30 minute chunks for you. But he would pray everywhere. He would take those moments and go away from his brothers and pray and ask God for help. He would contemplate the beauty of creation on, on his journeys, and they would pray together. He worked then to pray and, and, and taught us, his followers, to sprinkle the whole day with prayer. And then this, this is that true salt that would seep into our lives and give flavor and give meaning to what we're doing. So to pray constantly. The fifth point, and the last one I want to mention today, but I think there are many others, is that he had this compassion and intercession for others. It was a charismatic way of prayer. We often think of the Franciscans as charismatic. St. Dominic was profoundly charismatic too. And he prays in a revolutionary way because, as you might imagine, and maybe you've heard in different things you've read on prayer, you look at the, the monks of old, with certainly pray, ceased to pray without distractions. We're focusing on God right now. You know, the, my work's going to be there later and all this. St. Dominic was a little bit different. It's Blessed Jordan of Saxony, the second master of the order, and writing on St. Dominic, he said that the, that St. Dominic prayed for others and invited them in to the sanctuary of his heart. He didn't see the, the needs of others, the sicknesses of others, the troubles of others, how other people were lost, whatever it is, or whatever the intercession was, or for his own brothers as he was struggling to manage, that he would then bring them into the sanctuary of heart and pray for them, bring them before the altar of God. So he is revolutionary, Isis, I believe, an intercessory way of prayer, understanding that, that this is precisely where the contemplative life and the active life meet, is in the prayer for the sake of others and for those who would hear the word of God. And so these five things that we can learn from St. Dominic about his way of prayer, a man whose prayer was a humble prayer centered on God, formed in the sacred liturgy that would guide his, then his meditation and, and his effort to pray constantly, always interceding for the sake of others and the church and those who are yet to hear the word of God. St. Dominic, 
reminds us that prayer and personal contact with God is really at the, at the root of our way to witness to the faith. And we often hear, especially in the Dominican church, go, preach in the world. Well, how do we begin that? It begins in the prayer. It begins when we recognize that it's not what you do, it's that you bring this light, the light of Christ that we receive here into the world, and let that light guide you in how to spread that very light. And so we bring that home to our work, to our social uh, situations, even to our life of leisure, and to bring that light of Christ, allowing then this real relationship that St. Dominic had to be a relationship we have with the Lord as well. May St. Dominic, our patron, bless us as we begin then our really 100th anniversary of this church and this priory, but also guide us and inspire us and in how we can seek God now, how we can be like him, a light in the world, a city set on top of a mountain that cannot be hidden.